So one of the good things about this whole podcast world slash movement is that while you can have your own podcast and talk about your own stuff and promote the things that you love and are passionate about, you can also jump on someone else's podcast and be interviewed and answer their questions and bring your knowledge, wisdom and insights into their world and push it out to their audience. And in this episode, I am very pleased uh, to let you guys know that I recently worked with some local Janner, fellow Janner, uh, Janners, uh, property developers and entrepreneurs, Angelos and Mo. So I hope you enjoyed this one. These guys are good friends of mine. They're doing great things down in Plymouth, both in the property world, the entrepreneurial space, and then really pushing things out with their podcasts and all their social media and all that. So check them out. I hope you enjoy it. I'll catch you on the next one. Welcome to Your Success Podcast. We give you actionable insights and stories behind real-life success wherever you go. Here are your hosts, Angelos and Mo. Here we are, Mark Ormrod. Thank you for joining us on Your Success Podcast. Pleasure, pleasure. Second time you've been on now. Mm-hmm. So the last one was, what, early 2018? That's right. Uh, Mark was on before, and we talked a little bit about your story um, and things like that. But you've been up to loads since then. I have. I don't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. So that's got me 12 months or... Yeah. Yeah. Because you were um, invited to a special someone's wedding not too long ago. I was. That was that was part of 2018, yeah. We went to uh, Harry and Meghan's wedding yeah. up in Windsor. What was that like? It was awesome, actually. Um, they had a, a kind of special enclosure where lots of representatives from all of the charities that they're involved with would come... Uh, and sit right outside the steps of the church. So where all the royal family came in in the cars, we were literally no more than 10 metres away. So we got to see all that cool stuff and catch up with guys that I went to rehab with and just have a good time and experience a a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah. You know, so... But yeah, it's been a crazy busy year with all sorts. I don't even... I don't take enough time to sit and reflect on it, really. I'm always on to the next thing. Well, probably the standout moment for me, Mark, was when I saw on the BBC... Um, news website is that man jumps into pool did oh, not yeah. swim before <laughs> wins gold at the Invictus Games yeah so can you tell us a little bit of how that all happened because I thought that was just an amazing but yeah. funny story so what happens at the Invictus Games it's like the Paralympics in that you get classifications based on your disability so in my classification being a triple amputee or worse it's a very small group so when we were swimming I went to the heats the night before my race, so I don't have to have heats because there's only maybe two or three of us in the, in the actual race. And there are a lot of Brits on the Australian, uh, in the Australian military, so on the Australian team. And yeah. last year in Canada, I made friends with a lot of those guys. And so I bumped into them at the pool and I got chatting to one of the guys who is actually from Plymouth originally. I met with his parents last week who are from Salt Ash. And one of the athletes, Gary, who I raced against last year in, I think it was swimming and hand cycling. Um, they told me that he was doing four or five swimming events, but one of them, which was the 50 meter breaststroke, he was the only athlete. Right. And I, I still wasn't completely au fait with all the rules of these sports and everything. So I just assumed that because he's the only athlete, he'll jump in the pool, no matter how long it takes, he'll get a gold medal. But they told me that that wasn't the case. 
and that if no one else entered, then the race should be cancelled. So I was just like, well, that's a bit, you know, wrong. I mean, he's trained for it. And I looked up and there's thousands of people sat there who were going to be there the next day. So I just said to the coach, look, if they'll let me, I'll jump in. I'll swim just to put a race on. These people have travelled from all over the world to see it. Gary's been training for it. So I turned up the next day and there was a 50 metre pool that ran this way, which everyone raced in. And then there was a barrier. And then behind the barrier running the other way was a 25 metre practice pool. So I turned up the day of the race, uh, got all my legs and then everything off, put my trunks on, jumped in the pool and tried to figure out how I was going to breaststroke because I'd never done it before. So initially I did this and just went around in a circle. So I thought that's not going to work for me at all. And then I just started kind of dragging myself under the water. And I asked one of the people beside me, I said, is this, I don't know the rules. Yeah. And I said, is this allowed? Would this be classed as a breaststroke? And they're like, yeah, you can do that. And then I remember, so I did, that was two lengths, so it's 50 mm. meters. And I remember watching other people when they do breaststroke, they always put their head under the water. And this person who I was speaking to had now gone. So I thought, well, maybe that's one of the rules. I have to learn how to put my head under the water. So I just started doing this weird thing, like when I bobbed and pulled my head under the water like this, mm. and it kind of worked. So I thought I'll just do that. So the time came and we're on the blocks. And even though I didn't really know what I was doing, my whole mentality is, you're in, you're in this to win it, you know, it doesn't matter if you just, just survive your way through it. And so I got in and I started doing really well. And in front of you, above that practice pool, is a huge widescreen TV and you can see yourself on it. And all I could see was my white swimming cap and a yellow one. And I was quite far ahead. And then it got to the last quarter and I don't know what happened to my arm. All this lactic acid built up in my forearm, my fingers cramped like this. I couldn't get a seal on my, on my fingers. And I, I was just doing this under the water and I wasn't really going anywhere. And when I swim, if I don't have air in my lungs now, I sink quite quickly. And I had swallowed a little bit of water and needed to cough, but I didn't have much air in my lungs. And I knew that if I coughed, I was going to sink. So I was literally with this cramped hand and cramped forearm dragging myself through the water. And I was drinking the water. As it was coming to my mouth, I was just going um, um, and swallowing it. And I could see Gary's hat getting closer and closer and closer to me. And then I start panicking and I'm trying to go, and I don't know what I was doing by the end, yeah. but what I do know is if it was 51 meters, I probably would have drowned. I, I was that, wow. I had nothing in there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was 0.29 of a second between us. Oh God. So and you got gold. Yeah, I won, I won I the race by just over a quarter of a second. Isn't it ironic that you volunteered to help this guy <laughs> and <laughs> yet you beat him? But if you look at it, you helped him get silver as well. But well, he's well, not no, got a medal at all, right? No, he don't, you won't get one. All right. So if there's only three of you, they'll only give a gold and silver out. Right. If there's two of you, they'll only give a gold out. Oh, man. So, yeah, I felt real bad after <laughs> it. But you're still friends, right? He got a race, yes, right? I think. And he wouldn't have got a race. And, that, and that's what a lot of it is. It's not the Paralympics. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not in it for that. It's all about, like I said, we, we've got a good friendship and yeah. it was a bit of competition. It's and a it, great story. The atmosphere well, and the yeah. crowd, you know, it, that's an experience that me and him had, which... I don't think anyone else could replicate because it, it's unique, you know, to that situation. So it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. cool. And and how was the how was what's it like the Invictus Games for just for, for other people that haven't? Because you did very well, though, didn't yeah. you? Mark? I mean, you won quite a few medals. Yeah, I got uh, four golds, two bronzes, and a silver. That's amazing. Yeah, and it, it for I mean, everyone has their own different experience. Yeah. For me, it is very intense because. Because I was going all the way to Australia, I thought, well, I don't just want to enter one event and in my mind, waste the rest of my time there. So I competed, I had one day off, I think the Tuesday, but every other day I was competing. So the minute 
I've finished a race, I'm automatically thinking about the next one. And then when I go back to my room in the evening, I can't relax because I'm now thinking about the next day's competition. And it, it was just like six days of pure adrenaline. Did you have your family with you? Yeah. Yeah. And then were you seeing them every day as well? Or did you like need time to sort of focus? And... So the athletes and the staff were all in the Olympic Village yeah. and the families were 45 minutes away yeah. in central Sydney, which worked out nicely because it gave us time to get our heads in the game, to train, to support the team. But they then got to go to the zoo, the beach, the aquarium, and they weren't just stuck in this little bubble, you know, just doing the same thing every day. So it worked out really good for all of us. So Victor's Games, is that, forgive my ignorance, is it with Commonwealth countries or can any country enter? They can, but you have to be military or ex-military. Okay. Um, that's what it's all about. It's for, for serving in retired military as a means to help aid their recovery from, from whatever it is they're, they're dealing with, uh, whether it's the loss of a limb or an illness or disease or post-traumatic stress, that kind of thing. Um, there's no real limit on, you know, you, they don't just say, like, oh, you've got nothing missing, you can't compete. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own stuff to deal with and they're all allowed to join, but you have to be serving or retired military from anywhere around the world. And Prince Harry helped set that up? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. it was his idea. Was he it? went yeah. to America... I forget what year it was, but they, they have something called the Warrior Games, mm-hmm. which had been running for quite a few years to that point. Uh, he saw that and he's like, we need this, you know, for our country. So he came back and, you know, being the man that he is, instantly just massive popularity. It grew so quickly. And now it's just, for, for my friends in those circles, it's like the highlight of their, their years now. They kind of aim their year around making the team and training for it and hooking back up with the other athletes and... Just experiencing that whole Invictus Games thing again. So, we do another one? Be back next Me? No, no, I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've pretty much. I feel I've got what I wanted from it. Tired. I'm tired, yeah. And it's a lot. <laughs> no, retired. Oh, retired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of commitment. Yeah. yeah you know, all the training camps are on weekends. Mm. They're not here in Plymouth. One, I think I did one in Plymouth in two years. You're in Manchester, Nottingham, London, you know, all over the place, giving up your weekends, you're traveling. So it's pretty exhausting, and I, I feel I've gotten what I needed from it. Yeah. So I think it's a bit selfish for me to just keep going forward just for the fun of it when someone else you might need a place more than me. Let, let Gary take a medal. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a chance, mate. Yes. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, w- I will be going to the 2020 Games, but as a spectator. Yeah, nice. So I'm, I want to enjoy it, you know, no, yeah. no stress, no pressure, just yeah. have a beer in the stands, yeah. you can go to the zoo. Yeah, go to the uh, beach. I can do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is the next one? It's at the Hague. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Great. So I just—it's not too far to yeah. go either. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to go and enjoy myself yeah. there. Make a make a bit of a lads trip out of it, yeah. and uh, cause a bit of cause a bit of mayhem or whatever. Yeah, brilliant. Be nice to be on the other side. So the training for that, as you said, was was pretty intense. It is when you. So I have a full time job. Yeah. I work for the Royal Mees Charity. Yeah. I've got three children, mm-hmm. so I'm doing school runs. You know, I'm training up. For the games, I was training at five o'clock in the morning at home, and then sometimes in the evenings, uh, maybe doing strength and conditioning stuff. For last year, I did a lot of CrossFit at Imperium over in Estover. And then the weekends, uh, I think last year, at least two weekends every month, I'm traveling around the country hundreds of miles um, to attend training camps. So can you tell us a little bit about the Royal Marine charity that you you help support? Yeah, so I've, I've been working with them and for them now for eight years, nearly nine years, it'll be nine years in September. And it, it's just, 
I mean, it's a charity, so they do what charities do. They support their uh, beneficiaries, the Royal Marines family, serving and retired Royal Marines. We, we're just there for the guys and their families when they need them. You know, whether that's in service or out of service, whether that's right now or 20 years down the line. You know, it, we, we have a very, a very strong family ethos in the Royal Marines. You know, once a Marine, always a Marine is, is our motto, and we always like to look after our own. So it's something... It's like a, it's a charity, but it's so intensely proud mm. um, and fierce about looking after the guys. It's brilliant, and I love to be part of it. And how does the where does the sort of for especially for sort of injured personnel, where does the responsibility of the sort of the government to support those kind of people versus actually the, the charity work that you do that supports them? Well, it's is, a is it very clear? Line. Yeah, yeah. where's the because obviously there's an obligation if someone's fought for the country. Because we, we all know about America and they look after their veterans, whatever. Is there something similar here or was our government a little bit less involved? I would say in the 10, stroke 11 years since I've been injured, they've gotten a lot better, the government. They could do a lot more. Yeah. My personal opinion is I don't think most of these charities should exist because the government yeah. should pick up what they're doing. But thank God they do exist yeah. because... People like myself and lots of my friends and colleagues, widows, children, families would be in a lot worse place than they are now if it wasn't for these these charities existing. You know. No, fair, yeah, fair. That's a fair, fair comment. Yeah. But you're doing that. You're training yeah. for Invictus. Yeah. You're attending royal weddings, but you're also a property investor. <laughs> you're also an author. You've got another book potentially in the yeah. pipeline release being released soon. I mean, how do you fit it all in, Mark? I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about those things that you? You keep doing? I think, and you guys know this anyway, I, I think it's all about being smart with your time. And, you know, I, I don't write the books myself. I have a ghostwriter. So, you know, I, I could go home after this this evening, call up my ghostwriter for two hours, get some work done, and then I'm done. I'm not sat there typing away, doing all that, and, you know, doing it what for me would be the hard way. You know, same as property investing. You know, you can... Because of phones nowadays, you can you don't have to be driving around streets doing drive-bys looking for, for sale signs in people's gardens, knocking on doors trying to buy property. You just look on whatever app it is you prefer, find it. You can go contact the estate agents, put in offers, get your mortgage. I don't know what I'm telling you guys. You yeah, guys yeah, are the yeah, experts yeah, at it, yeah. but you just got to utilize all the technology that's available now. It's all it's all about time management, delegation, and just doing it smart. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. And even fitting in time to go on the rain. Oh, Lorraine Kelly, yeah, yeah. How was that? That was awesome. Yeah. The downside of that was, you know, that was when we came back from Australia. Yeah. And after 24 and a half hours of traveling and not showering, <laughs> I literally landed and they're like, Mark, can you come into the studio in London? And I'm like, guys, I'm done. I'm, I'm exhausted. I've got to drive four and a half hours back to Plymouth yeah. now. So fortunately, we just rented a hotel room and did a kind of live stream thing. Oh, yeah. But then I went on another time with a friend of mine who was involved in my evacuation yeah. from Afghanistan and when it, they were talking about woman of the year. Mm -hmm. you know, I love all that stuff. I love doing that and, and this kind of stuff, you know, I just love. When you come back from something like the Invictus Games and there's a real buzz around stuff like that, who is, do you have someone that's managing your time or you've got all these individual people wanting to get an interview and do a, you know, do a TV show? How does that, do you have to coordinate all that yourself? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. And it, it's good to a degree, but it can be quite stressful because you've got Facebook messages, Twitter messages, Instagram messages, several email addresses, phones, and, and people can get a hold of you easily now. And, and all these requests come flooding in. And you kind of, for me personally, you don't want to be like, oh, I'll say yes to the rain, but that's not quite as big as the rain, so I won't do that because that's just... 
a dick move. Yeah. Uh, excuse my French. No, but it's fine, yeah. Is it true, Mark, and you don't have to admit this on oh, the podcast? Uh-oh. Well, I always get worried when he starts in this line. But of did Lorraine, um, when she did a stock take on her <laughs> mugs, did one of them disappear? I, I do have a Lorraine mug. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. It's a very nice mug. But she did... No, she, gets, she give, gave a, like a gift bag out, and it had... What did I have in it? I can't remember if I stole a mug. Or not. Mm. That's not an admission. Yeah, by the way. That was the officers of the law are watching. No, that is it was in the gift bag, right? Yeah, it was in the gift bag. Yeah. It's it's in bag, right? This cool candle as well, which I still use. Nice. It's really scented cool. Or? Very scented, yeah. Nice. It was nice. Yeah. We Lorraine's musk. Lorraine's smell yeah. <laughs> in a candle. Um, so the last book was called Man Down. Yes. And the have you got a working title for the new book or a title? Or you want to keep it a surprise or no, I, no, I will, I will, I will. Because, all right, let me put some context yeah. to this. So Man Down is a book about me and the Marines in Afghanistan getting blown up. It's called Man Down because the first thing that someone will say on the radio when they're reporting is Man Down, Man Down. And it is very much testosterone-fueled, alpha male, big, hairy, smelly, war marine, military stuff, blokey stuff. Mm-hmm. And it finishes when I got married back in May 2009. Now, the month after I was married, I flew out to America to meet another triple amputee because I felt I'd gone as far as I could in my rehab with physios and everyone that was able-bodied, and they got me to this, this decent level. But I knew that I had to learn from someone who lived it every day to go to the next level. So I flew out to America uh, without wanting to spoil it, met this guy, ditched my wheelchair, not to June 2009, and that for me is the day that I mark as kind of my independence day, the day I left the wheelchair behind, don't own one, never used one since, and then my life took off, came back, left the Marines, and became a civilian. So the second book is going to be called, working title, Man Up, in the way that you ditched the wheelchair, you didn't moan and complain about your situation, you manned up and got on with it, and it's going to be a lot more of the the civilian side of me, the motivational side, and, and behind the scenes of what it took to overcome this, not just running around shooting people and having fun with my friends. I so. love it. I think that's such a good such a good title as well. So clever. And the whole point behind it was, this is just a quick story, yeah. going off track. When Man Down came out, I turned down the, the book signing tour because I couldn't write on my left hand. And if I tried to write, I had to concentrate on it. And if someone's trying to have a conversation with me, it really just fried my brain and I thought I'm going to come, come across really rude and it's going to exhaust me. So I turned it all down. Now I can do that. So when Man Up comes out, yeah. Hopefully I'll do the book signing tour, but I've made it so that it's pointless reading Man Up until you've read Man Down. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to buy it, yeah, you need to buy the first one as well. Buy a bundle. But also exactly. you're, you're turning the, the phrase Man Up on its yeah. head as well, yeah. which right. I like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can see it as a little twin pack in shops. It quite... and, and, to be, and to be fair, I did, I did feel like just Man Up when you, like, I'd see you on social media in, in the gym at like 5 a.m. and I'm like... God, this pillow Calm. feels so nice. Yeah, 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 I'm just like, man up, you know. So it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a really, really good yeah, time. Right. I look forward to, to, to reading it. Um, and you've also had the release of the No Limits documentary. Would you call it a documentary? documentary. It is a yeah, documentary, documentary, yeah. It's an hour and a half long. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. on YouTube and on your website as and well. And on the website, yeah. yeah. Um, can you talk us through the, the process for that? Because I think you might have been filming it when we last recorded with you. I think you were at the tail end of recording it. Yeah, no, you're right, yeah, I would have been, yeah. I would have been. So how did you find that process? To... Personally, I really enjoy it, yeah. you know, and if the opportunity comes up to do more, I'll jump at it. I, I just, I don't know, I just enjoy doing this kind of stuff and, and sharing my story and my experiences, and I had a, a great time doing it. It was very, 
some of it was hard, yeah. but on the whole, very therapeutic. And the end result was, was phenomenal. It took a bit of a twist, actually, because the whole point of it, the idea was that it was like a fly-on-the-wall documentary of how does a guy with three limbs missing get through day-to-day? So, you know, like I just said, no wheelchair. Yeah. How does he do this? And how does he take his kids to bed and do this, you know, just normal day-to-day yeah. stuff, which for years people were asking me on social media, how do you do this, how do you do that? But then... Invictus Games Canada came around and I just applied for it and I didn't expect to make the team, but I did. So we just took a completely different approach to it and we focused on that with the sport. So that's what I'm saying now. Now I think there's an opportunity in my head to do another one, maybe another two. So I'm going to explore those avenues this year and see what we can do. And tomorrow, Mark, you've got a photo shoot where you have to jump into a what? A freezing cold river up on Dartmoor. Brilliant. Yeah. And it's been snowing. And, it, and it's, yeah, we're recording this on the 30th of January and, yeah. uh, in, and down here in, in Plymouth and Devon. It's, yeah, it's it is snowing, snowing. Hailing, and it's cold. It's freezing yeah. cold. And yeah. you're yeah. going to be out there in your knackers getting frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly thought when people did this, it, they just got into like a little warm jacuzzi in a studio and just green screened yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the steam coming off the, the water. And, I mean, what's, that, what's that promo for? Oh. So I've been doing a bit of work with Plymouth University. Yeah, yeah. Last year they were they were kind enough to uh, bestow on me an honorary fellowship. Yeah. So I worked closely with the media guys there and we did a big article for their magazine. And the uh, the photographer wants to do the photo shoot tomorrow. Yeah. So That's yeah, absolutely awesome. if you see a guy crawling around Dartmoor with no legs on, freezing, <laughs> begging for a cup of tea, just bring me <laughs> something warm. This ain't Lorraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so last time, last time, every time we, we speak to someone, we always ask them kind of what success means to them. Do you think what you class as success has changed um, over, you know, in the, in the last year? We should probably say like what you defined as success last well, time. They, We've got they, the book. They actually. can actually yeah. uh, if, the book. If you, um, you think buy, about that, if you buy your success book, yeah. uh, the number one best-selling book, might I add, yeah. Mark Allmod is actually featured quite a lot in the book he because. Is. You have an amazing story to tell. So I'm going to find what you said last time about. I can't remember um, what I said. Oh, so. what, what this? What the number one best? Oh my god! Book? This book. Oh, this book. Wow! If you haven't read it, you need to. <laughs> Second best book written by people in this room. Oh, oh <laughs> man down. Um, right, you guys. Oh, here we go. Success for me is living life on your own terms, doing what you want to do, and being happy doing it, having the job you want to have, making money you want the way you want to make it, doing podcasts or YouTubing, whatever you want to do. Whatever you're passionate about, figure that out and make a success of it. That's a, the actually amazing quote that you gave us for the uh, for the Your Success book last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's changed at all? Or do you think that's sort of pretty much how you feel about? I don't think it's changed much. Success? Yeah, I don't think it's changed much. Yeah. It is. I mean, if you can if you can get up every day and do what you love and make money doing it, yeah. and yeah, it's, you, you guys know it, it's hard along the way, but overall predominantly you love it yeah. you know you can't you, nothing in life is easy but if you can just get up every day and just be juiced and excited about doing what you're doing and earning a living from it and just kind of chuckle to yourself thinking this is really my job yeah <laughs> you know that's exactly it we had we were on cheeky little plug BBC Radio Devon the other day on Saturday who are you with? Kerry Oh, I don't know. Yeah. She's a lovely girl. She's amazing. Very fun. Yeah. And she, she was saying, oh, do you, you know, you guys are so positive. Do you ever have down days and things like that? And we're like, 
literally every day is like mm. a roller coaster of like, oh, amazing news, oh, no, we're failing, mm. oh, amazing. And so it's not even within a week or a month or a year that you have ups and downs. It's like it's space yeah. of an hour yeah. you can have some you great have a phone call that can completely trash your day and then half an hour like, later. Like you did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's all, like you said, Mark, it's all about how you deal with it. Mm. You know, you can either let it ruin your day or your hour, whatever it is, or you can just say, right, okay, I've had some crap news, how am I gonna overcome this problem? Mm. And it's all about overcoming problems, isn't it? And finding yeah. solutions to anything that comes along. And you've got to have that fortitude of, of mindset in order to do that. Yeah, it's, it's, it keeps your brain active as well, you know, all the challenges and difficulties, and none of it's impossible. And you just gotta, you know, jump on your phone now and you can see examples of thousands of people that have been through it before and, and overcome it and just figure out how they did it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It's always really inspirational uh, speaking to you and following you on, on social media. So, And when your book comes out, Mark, we'd love to sit down with you again and talk yeah. about it. Okay, Because cool. um, I think Man Up is going to be a worthy successor to Man Down. I'm curious what the third book title yeah. might be. Manfly. Manfly. Jumping out of a plane. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? For charity. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, have you on again and talk about it. Oh. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for Thank you, guys. Right. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you buddy.